It's your turn. Who are we talking to? How would you like to never pay rent again? Where'd you get the money to buy yourself a house? Move to the north side. It's nice. If history is any indication, you won't last very long. What you told me happened to my husband. Something doesn't feel right. Here we go. Hello, welcome once again to a travel guide to Lovecraft Country, the podcast based off of, or I should say, focusing on the HBO television series Lovecraft Country. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going? Good. Excellent. And in the state of Missouri? Hi, this is Kevin. Kevin, how's it going? I'm here. Very well. Uh, so today is September 1st, 2020. We're recording this. Uh, we're going to discuss uh, episode three, which uh, debuted August 30th, 2020, uh, entitled Holy Ghost, uh, directed by Daniel Sackheim and written by Misha Green. Uh, it received, uh, based off of the viewers during the broadcast of the show, whether they watched it live or started watching it during the live broadcast, it had 747,000 viewers, which is a big drop. Well, not a, yeah, a big drop, over 120,000 drop from the prior week, uh, which was actually the highest of the season at 867,000. Uh, the the debut episode of the show was 760,000. So this is the the lowest rated of the three, uh, based off of viewership during the live broadcast. Um, so, uh, anything anybody wanted to bring up before we get into uh, the topic tonight? Anyone? Anything? All right. Sounds good. So, uh, for, uh, well, I would... Were... Yes, go on, Kevin. Forever. What's that, Kevin? Wakanda forever. Oh, yes, yes. Um, the passing Passing. of Chadwick Bosman. So he, similar to Kelly Preston, uh, hid his illness from everybody. Um, And another, my my, uh, big one that hit me that came out of nowhere was Michael Crichton from a few years ago because he hid his illness as well. But uh, all three uh, hid their cancer. uh, And in this case, Chadwick Bozeman uh, hit his cancer and uh, he passed away at the age of 43 a couple days ago. So uh, rest in peace. I wasn't a, the biggest fan of the actor, but I mean, I really liked his character. And I don't know. I just thought he was, he seemed like a, you know, good actor and everything. All of a sudden I, it was like, I read, read about his death and it was say what, you know, it, it kind of hurt. Well, I mean, given I've, I've liked the stuff. I thought it was very good from what I've seen. Um, like I saw him in 42 where he played Jackie Robinson. I saw he was very good in that. He was good to get on up as um, James Brown. Um, and, and I think, and I said this a couple of times in different places on Facebook, it's really easy, quote unquote, easy to play a villain. And it's not 
and it's also not hard to play like a badass hero, like a Batman or a Wolverine or or an anti-hero like the Punisher. It's really hard to find someone who can play a straight-laced hero, which Black Panther is, um, and do it in a way that makes him interesting. Right. So, I mean, think of like you got Christopher Reeve and how hard it's been to really replace him as Superman. Um, it's, you know, why I think Chris Evans has been so well done as Captain America is that everybody was saying, what a boring character. He's such a Boy Scout. Well, Black Panther is also kind of that. He's sort of a superhero James Bond thing in the modern versions of it. But, yeah, he was still, you know, a fairly straight laced aspirational hero you know, as opposed to a vengeance-themed hero or anything like that. Um, and appropriately enough for this podcast, you know, he, he does become, uh, in part because of Bozeman's performance, um, as well as many other aspects of the film, um, a symbol to um, a lot of people in the African-American community. Uh, and there are a lot of people I saw sharing pictures of uh children uh, kind of grieving over the loss of their hero because, you know, if you're seven years old, you maybe don't have that clear cut distinction between actor and character. Yep. That's true. That's true. It's a, it's a shame. Um, anytime an individual dies at such a young age, uh, he's actually younger than I think everybody on this podcast. Um, and that's another part of it. Yeah. Yep. So, so that, that's a real shame. Uh, as, uh, uh, King Theoden in uh, uh, Lord of the Rings said in the movie, uh, no one should have to bury their child. And uh, I'm sure there's a, a grieving parents that uh, I don't know much about his personal life, but I, I know he was recently married, uh, which he had hidden from um, society, a uh, very, uh, I guess, uh, private person. And uh, so uh, a young widow. Uh, and then, of course, um, I'm not sure, but I assume both his parents, assuming they were in his life, uh, would unfortunately have to bury a, a young man of 43. And so, uh, I, I, I somehow know somebody on Facebook, I think through a, one of the various groups I'm in, uh, who at least claims to be in his live in his hometown and you know, talks and talked up like what a great family he has, you know, very, that they're good people. And, you know, you can play a great person on screen and be a complete dick in real life, but uh, apparently they are they're You know, everything I've heard is, you know, what a good guy he is, what a good family he came from, you know, and that just makes it even more tragic. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of my favorite actors is Steve McQueen and he passed away, I think in his forties as well, or, or early fifties from lung cancer. Um, and I know he was a prickly person off screen, uh, um, but generally all the all the, the the people who knew him personally uh, adored him. But again, um, uh, here we we have have uh, someone that, um, well, even though a private person, he 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 kind of uh, was uh, well known on on social media and and like Mike said. Uh, um, he brought a character that uh, had had really, like no one, at least uh, compared to Spider-Man and other Marvel characters, hadn't, hadn't been uh, well known. And um, obviously, there, there's more than just the actor that makes that happen. But um, obviously, he, he was cast correctly, and it brought um, uh, a lot of joy to 
uh, young, youngsters, uh, no matter what heritage, but uh, obviously um, being uh, a black character uh, and so few in the superhero, um, I guess, legacy of, of, of films, that this, this was a, a milestone for a lot of folk. Similar to how Wonder Woman was for women when that came out a couple of years ago as well. So yeah, uh, and um, and he's and he really embraced the role. I mean, I've seen a number of athletes over the years who reject being labeled a hero. You know, it's like I'm not I'm, I'm a ball player. I'm not you know I'm not your hero kid. You look up to somebody who's you know your father or whatever. He's right. They're right though. I, I well, agree. You know what? A, a hero, one who inspired, and he could very easily. As I said before, you know, he's the actor, he's not the character. Um, but there is something nice, you know, it's sort of like Santa Claus on Christmas. You know, usually, I'm not every mall gets the real Santa, so usually just some guy, you know, who gets the job to dress up like him. Um, you know, he's just, he's not T'Challa, he's dressing up like T'Challa. But, uh, you know, he, he embraced it, and he recognized, and with that does come some responsibility. And uh, well, he didn't shy away from it. Well, as, as an actor, obviously, he's just a human being, but the character, um, or many characters that he played, such as Jackie Robinson, uh, or this fictional character in Black Panther, obviously, um, are, quote-unquote, heroes, uh, and real, you know, and, and that, I think, applies, for sure. As an actor, um, he's, you know, he's a person, and, and people should respect everybody as a human being. Um, so I, that's not all I meant when, when an athlete, for example, says uh, they aren't a hero. Uh, so, though, in, in the case of Jackie Robinson, uh, you can most certainly say uh, he was a hero for sure. Um, hero role model, whatever phrase you want to use. Yeah, so. sure. Right, right. And, and, you know, I mean, a lot of people who are role models are heroes and unfortunately have um, skeletons in their crosses, like most folk. Uh, but uh, in this case, um, Chadwick Boseman um, was well received and, and adored by many. So uh, any further things, Mike, you want to say about the past? No, I was that. Okay, sounds good. All right, so uh, for new listeners to the podcast, uh, we do a weekly podcast on each episode of Lovecraft Country. Um, for f folks who are curious where to find us on social media, uh, we are actually part of the Dark Discussions Network, uh, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. Uh, you can find each episode on that website, which includes many other podcasts, uh, maybe I think up to 16 or 18 different podcasts, all mostly genre-related. Uh, they also have many articles on that website, uh, press releases and all that. So uh, check that out, uh, darkdiscussions.com. We do have an email, darkdiscussions at AOL.com, or you can just do the contact me from the website. And then we have a Facebook group called Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group where you can join the discussion where people are talking about uh, Chad Wick. Bozeman, among other things. And um, we also have uh, Twitter, Dark Discussion 1, and so forth. Um, all right. I think uh, we're good to go. We got all the house cleaning and, and the unfortunate news of uh, the passing of uh, Chadwick Bozeman. Um, 
All right, so uh, I guess we can uh, discuss uh, what we felt about this episode. So, uh, Holy Ghost, it's called. Uh, I guess I'll start. Um, uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty solid. Um, uh, I was talking to Kevin offline in the, the Victorian mansion that they show uh, in the in the, um, the episode. is probably one of the greatest special effects that anybody could have. Uh, that's what's great about um, filming in location settings because you you have great um, special effects that are already there. Um, as uh, me and Barrett, who did an episode on the movie AWOL, which took place in uh, rural Pennsylvania, there were so many great sets that were real, such as old factories and train tracks and whatever. Uh, here, they, they really did a great job uh, with the house. Uh, this is a haunted house episode. Uh, it appears that uh, the show is actually going to be very episodic, uh, where the episodes are related, but not necessarily um, specific story. In other words, it's more like X Files, where they're kind of related but different or independent episodes. You could watch each episode almost independently, uh, at least the first three. Um, the story was uh, um, interesting uh, and um, standard. Uh, ghost, scary ghost, uh, haunted house. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into spoilers later, but uh, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, let's go with you, Barrett. Um, I thought the episode was pretty good. Uh, it was better than the last episode, I thought. Um, I liked the ghost story part of it. Um, and it did have some links to the main storyline. Um, it, it was a solid episode. It wasn't as good as the first one for me, but it was solid. All right, very good. Uh, Mike? I'm probably going to be the downer on this one. Um, I'll get into details as to why. There's still things I like in it, don't get me wrong. Mostly the production values are good, the acting is good, the directing seems to be good. Um, but fundamentally it's a ghost story. And for all the other issues I, I, I have, and it's a couple of important issues I have with it, and the storytelling. The main thing is that the ghost just didn't really work for me. And, you know, it's a fine line sometimes between horror and, and, and humor, right? Because it's still about building up tension and getting a release. But there were several parts where I think I was supposed to be chilled and I found myself laughing. And I don't think it was that was what was intended. Um, because I didn't... F Partly because I, I, whether it was because of the, the the direction or cinematography, or because of uh, the the quality of the effects, uh, I'm not really sure. But some of those scares just really didn't work for me, and it did. And so the whole haunted house story part of it really didn't didn't impact me much at all. And there were a couple of other things, but I'll hold on to that. And when we get into the, the discussion. All right. Very good. Uh, Kevin. Well, uh, one thing I was thinking of is Phil's got a horror story. Um, I know we were complaining uh, at least last week about, uh, well, this is not really what I would consider a horror story. You know, this isn't, you know, I don't see anything horror about it. Well, now you've got your, your scary stuff. You got to now granted, you know, the ghosts, you know, they really, 
they really weren't there for for long. Um, you know, you got a couple things here and there that were that were spooky and creepy. Um, so far, I think this has been my favorite episode for the series. Now, I know we're only you know in in three episodes, but um, this this one's my favorite just because it actually, like I said, it, it's it had creepy parts to it, um, and uh, that it, it was something that actually had my attention a little bit better, uh, more like a okay, what's going to happen type of added, you know, uh, feeling to it instead of okay, yeah, all right, he's a jerk. You know he's probably gonna live. Oh yeah, you know that type of thing. You know, it, I don't know. I I found myself enjoying this one better than the the last two. All right, very good, very good. Uh, I can pretty much uh, see everybody's point, uh, Mike. I, I definitely see everything you said and uh, can concur in some cases. So, uh, um, but we can discuss specifics as we get into uh, the episode. Um, all right, so I'll start where I was slightly, slightly confused because I, for a second, I thought, or at least for the first few minutes anyway, I, th- I thought it was going to be, I thought it was a flashback because it was, it's, it was weird how we cut from autumn and we're back in Chicago and the... I don't know. I, I mean, you know what? I, I guess the they're not doing a good job with time passing from what I, I mean, just even small bits of time. Yeah. Sometimes you'll go from one scene to another and yeah. from one episode to another. And it's just a weird passing. And then the beginning of this episode where they talk about the, the house and what happened in it made it feel really disjointed. I thought. Right. I'm, I'm also, and, and I always have a problem with this anyway. And, uh, Mike probably knows mostly because we've been doing dark discussions podcasts. One of the the other podcasts that we do for since 2011. And I always say that the moment a supernatural thing happens, at least if it happened to me, I think I would land up in a sanitarium. <laughs> and so the, the ease of these people to move back into their everyday life after the horror they just had in the last two episodes and this is, I'm only assuming a week later, if if that, it completely surprised me. Um, it was a couple later. I mean, there's one point where yeah, uh, they had the funeral and everything. I think it's a couple weeks or more later too. Well, what I mean, they were having a church service at the beginning, and you don't, and I, I don't think I don't remember seeing a casket, so I don't think that was a funeral. I just think that was just a normal church service. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that black families have a tradi- different tradition than white families where, you know, we wear black at funerals. I, and everyone, there, like she was there in a fairly colorful Sunday dress, and that you know, seemed completely well, inappropriate for a tragic death. Yeah, and you I know, mean, I so. don't know how, I, I mean, I, I don't know how the African-American culture in the Chicago area uh, did their funerals, but... I'm also pretty sure they didn't have loud music and a lot of dancing during a church service. I mean, I know that for some, for some to not, for some, used to say black denominations, they, that's their style. And that's, Hey, that's fine. You know, 
uh, you know, the Bible says, you know, make a joyful noise to the Lord, and they definitely do, and I admire them for that. You know, I like a lot of that music. Um, it, I mean, it's good music, and uh, yeah, that's not, I, that wasn't a funeral, so I mean, because everybody else is dancing around, and, and Letitia is still, she's still in shock. She's still in shock, but then later there's a there's a part in the episode where Atticus talks to her like right after she she moves into her house and he just says hey I'm checking up on you and she looks at him and she says it's been three you know it's been three weeks since you last checked up on me and so you're you're looking at at least three and a half four weeks since episode two ended you know well actually more than that because they needed time to, to get home uh, you know, and make up, you know, the story about what happened to, uh, you know, to Uncle George. George's but, uh, wife. Well, no, I'm just saying they had to make up a story of what happened to George. You right. know, and so they, you know, so you got to imagine at least four weeks, at least a month has gone by um, since episode two and episode three. One of the things now, that I kind of hurts this show is i feel like there's this war between whether it should be episodic or serial as well i don't know why i get that feeling but i do i don't know see for me it's there's kind of a now granted i have not seen all of the seasons but i saw a few of the supernatural seasons and this reminds me more of supernatural than it does um than it does x files i mean no they, they're not yeah, you know, they are they are traveling a little bit, but it's not like one episode is in one location and upper episode is another location, and they're kind of, you know, like a traveling, you know, ghost fight. They're searching. They're searching out each of these problems in Supernatural. Yeah, where they're just finding them. In this and that's what kind of makes it feel different to me. But yeah, I know it's more. It's more like the, the 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 group of people here. The troubles finding them. Yeah. They're not looking out for it. They're trying to move on with their life. But now that this, you know, this group is now pretty much looking for them and essentially um, having them do things, have, having, you know, Atticus and Letitia and, and now um, the father, whose name completely is Montrose. Uh, so you got Montrose, Atticus and Letitia now are, I, I mean, they're like errand people. For, for this uh, morning star group or date, date, whatever, for this Adam Garden of Eden group. Now, uh, Mike, what, what did you think? And I, I still have no idea what the point was. I, I, it, has to, it has to mean something. But what was the deal with Uncle George's wife ripping the Dracula book. I, I didn't understand. Well, that, that that's his favorite book. You know, it's the book he that was he referenced twice in the last two episodes. Um, well, and I think she's mad at him. She's angry because he left her. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm with everybody. I think sometimes maybe the showrunners are failing to see it as as viewers do or. Maybe I'm just weird as a viewer. We left. I really liked the character of George. Yeah, yeah, he was the best. He's the best character for sure. He was. Yeah. Um, and by the way, uh, for anyone who's out there, if Phil likes the character, you can expect them to die tragically. 
<laughs> um, it's, it's true, unfortunately. Uh, but also, if you really like the character George, uh, read the book because in the book he didn't die. Right. Well, and who well, knows so if he comes far, back or not? That's true. But I mean, even um, in the book, he didn't die. So right, and and to go from his death, which was really abrupt, right? We know he got shot. In the previous episode, we were promised, like, if you do your thing, the the whitey wizard is going to bring him back. And Tick runs to the car, basically sees he's dead, and 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 and, and reacts to it, and then cuts to black. So we, as an audience, didn't get to see, and I think we wanted to see how they handle this. And they do backfill it, and they're doing a lot of backfilling where they they put something up front and they kind of get the pieces to build into it later. But and I've talked about this on the Dark Discussions podcast before. Sometimes putting the information in different spots really affects how the audience gets emotionally invested. And so my first thought is like, so here's Tick sitting there kind of singing and dancing and making scrambled eggs or whatever, or pancakes, or whatever the hell he was making for breakfast. And that's, that's a complete disconnect. And there's Letty who's just bought a house. And what's the last, what's the only yeah. thing we really knew about her? <laughs> yeah. Right. It was that she was dead ass broke and she's buying a house in a white neighborhood and a big ass house. And look, we know it's all, we all know it's haunted, right? We all saw that house. We went, uh, uh, ghost right we all saw that uh knowing what kind of even if this wasn't a horror movie genre thing we would all look at that and go fuck the adams family lives there yeah well i mean you um, get an older down was it it's the it's an old what was the name of the 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 the, the people that owned it i mean the you got an old rundown victorian style house and they call it the um like the the oh I forgot the name of it, but I mean even they don't even they don't even get, give it the address. They only know it by the name of the people who built it. You know, like the Worthington House or whatever. Oh yes, you're in the Worthington House. It's like, what else do you need? Right. So this kind of gets me off to the wrong foot, off on the wrong foot for this episode because it felt like I missed something. Like yeah, like. it starts out that way for sure. I felt and the same then way. they tie, they bring it back around at the very end of the episode as to where the money comes from, because the first explanation for where the money comes from also doesn't match with what we've been told. Right. But we don't get the real story, and we don't even get a hint that the real story that the there is a real story. Right. So it just feels like bullshit for 40 minutes. And they give you the answer to that at the end of the episode. But by that point, I felt like this is 40 minutes. I felt like this is bullshit. And I those those negative feelings didn't really go away just because they explained it away at the end. And if they had done something earlier on to want to tell us to to, to throw suspicion on her lying to her sister. And two, I don't see any reason why. They couldn't have had it been up front because everything so far is driven by uh, this family, right? Um, 
the family gets her to buy the house. The family gets them to kind of come to the father, you know, and that gets them in contact with the uh, the Shagath vampires, and that also gets them in contact with the secret society, and now it puts them up against the ghosts. So while the family isn't necessarily seeking these things out, it's the secret society or the, that uh, or that family that is moving them like chess pieces to where they want them to go. Yeah, they could have easily had a scene with her getting the money at the very least. So right. you knew how she could afford this house. Right, and then when she lies about the mother, then we would have known she was lying. As well, we to- don't know. We don't know if she's lying because she could have got the inheritance, but the cult could have said it right. was from the mother. So we don't yeah. know but yet, Mike. Yeah, but it also feels really suspicious she was that lying. she doesn't second guess where the money comes from. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, and, she apparently told some, and she apparently told some people, or maybe it was somebody making a joke, like that she hit the numbers. You know, which at least was somewhat more plausible. <laughs> you know, that she hit the lottery. Um, and, and I know this is a this is a this is a nitpicky. Some people might see this as a nitpicky thing. You know, just for me, it's it's a matter of how do I get invested into the episode, and if I am, um, bad story. And right, if I'm if I'm kind of feeling detached because I'm saying this doesn't feel right. You know, great movies good movies gets me immersed into it and i I, or or tv shows right and i can ignore an occasional lapse in plot logic or something like that because i'm just really into it but when you right away pull me out of the story and have me going wait a minute that doesn't make any sense i don't understand that what happened to to, the george and the funeral and what happened to where did she suddenly get money from and and there was nothing in their weight and just, nope, we're not going to tell you. You know, we're just going to keep going. We're just going to keep going. And and when they do give you the explanation, nope, it's a bullshit explanation. And, and you don't, but they it feels like bad writing. And it just, it's like, you know, just because they gave you a good dessert at the end doesn't mean the meal didn't suck. Well, Again, I, I don't know. The episode sucked, but. Well, okay, all right. Maybe the, the writing for this episode wasn't that good. And maybe the dessert at the end wasn't that good. So I'm not saying I'm not I'm basically saying, Mike, that you don't have to apologize for saying that it's not good if you don't think it was good, because you have a lot of legs to stand on, possibly. Because there's gonna be people who are gonna love the show, you know, that people just cling to things and they love anything, even if there's a bad episode, they'll still love it. Um just as, you know, if you love a musician and they put out a crappy album or song you still say it's awesome even though and, everybody and, else says it's otherwise yeah and we all have our own way of looking at things right and and, and 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 different people look at things through different lenses and you know it's one of the things on, on on like the dark discussions podcast we all have things that we really like you know and chrissy's going to really love a story that has something to do with ghosts or that's found footage and eric's going to really like something probably that has to do with sharks you know, and Bill's going to really like something that's a that's a human drama, you know, and we all have our own little I like something that has monsters. Um, so we all have our own little things. Right. But and we all have our things that we don't like. I'm just saying. So this is from my point of view. This kind of all pulled me out of the story. If it didn't pull everybody, well, and I'm, I'm not it's not the kind of thing I expected to have the same impact with everybody. Or even if they do notice it, I don't necessarily expect them to bother it as much as it bothered me. 
Oh, it bothered well, me a lot too. Yeah. Well, the thing well, is, me, it's like, me, did she say at the beginning? I'm sorry, did she say at the beginning where she got the money? I mean, no. that's that, no. okay. That's all right. Right, and that's what Mike was trying to say that they should have had something, or you actually even said it too, that they could have showed a, a will appear in front of her, or, or some man say, uh, "We have a." registered letter for you to look at and or something you know have call in any, any scene yeah. that could have been like a minute long <laughs> well yeah and in the book that's essentially what they did it just to let you know i'm, I'm going to do uh, a little bit of in the book in the book in the book 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 um it was money from their their father leticia and her sister's father uh they essentially he was it was either their father or an uncle or a family member who was a professional gambler and people owed him money and even though he there you know he he died people pretty pretty much what happened was is that those who owed him money now owed his daughter owed his daughters the money and that is where they got the money to buy buy the house so both of them were were it was Letitia's idea, but it was their money, um, and it wasn't just Letitia's money. It was it was their money, and it got to the point where even I think we see later on, you know, Letitia's sister just says, "Hey, I'm out of here." She says, "Well, what about the money?" She says, "Keep it. I don't need it. Just get me out of here." Well, what, what, let's look at um, again. This is unscientific, but I remember when the first episode of the show came out three weeks ago. The very next day, Monday, uh, a bunch of people on all the various social media groups that most of us are members of, people were saying, oh, wow, this Lovecraft story is pretty cool. A lot of people were talking about the first five minutes, as, as I know Mike uh, mentioned when we did our debut episode, um, and 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 felt felt it was really strong. And so the buzz, you know, obviously made it get an extra 100,000 viewers for week two, and then week two kind of came and went and no one on social media was talking about Lovecraft in, in the circles I was, you know, going around with. So something changed within a week. And then if we look at week three, whether this episode was good or not, because of last week's episode, Whitey's on the moon, it dropped another hundred thousand. It went back to even lower than the debut episode. And again, it's already when Tuesday, and I haven't seen one post on social media about this show on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, again, though, it may just be my circles. Have have any you've noticed this too? Meaning, maybe this unscientific thing where people kind of are disappointed now or something. Anyone? Well, I mean, the reviews I read. I didn't like these two as much as they liked the first one. I, other than that, I don't know. Right. What about what you, Kevin? You yeah, I think it was well, Ke- I think it was, I- yeah. Go ahead, Kevin. Well, I started, um, but there, there was absolutely nothing Lovecraft related in this. And I think, and there really wasn't a whole lot in last episode. So, I mean, my unscientific opinion is, is that people saw that and there really isn't anything Lovecrafty into this, so you know why am I still watching? It's you know, it's it's almost like the almost like a, like a false advertisement. So far, 
Right. I see no, what you're I saying. haven't had any group. I, I don't really look at many groups other than dark discussions and maybe the Watsi party and all that. So I really haven't been. I haven't really seen much. Yeah. So so I I, I don't know. I, I originally I had texted Barrett, and it may have been, I may have mentioned it to you too, Kevin, since I, I was talking to both of you through text about the episode yesterday. Um, and I said, is the editing bad? But now, and you, you Barrett said you didn't think so. But now I'm thinking it isn't the editing. I'm thinking it's it's what you said, Mike, which is the the screenplay had had the issues more than the editing, at least in this episode compared to yeah. the start episode. I think the last episode had more editing issues. This one is more screenplay. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I'll, I'll say, and you know, they are telling a specific story, right? They're telling a story uh, that is juxtaposing uh, racial issues, whatever you want to call it, racism faced by the black community in America, which, and juxtaposing that with, uh, with horror, classic horror. Um, and that's an interesting idea. And I like that concept. The first episode you have, you know, talks about sundown towns. And so the creatures are juxtaposed with the, Sundown towns. These are creatures that come out at night. It is dangerous to be around them in sundown. The, the, the parallel between the monster and the historical racism is there, and it's obvious. In the second episode, maybe not as much of a as a as a hot button issue, but it is about you know these exclusive you know clubs and you know that black people aren't allowed to be members of, uh, and you know. Certainly, they're, they're, they mention the Klan there, which is taking that to you know the the, the tenth degree. Um, but there is a clear parallel between historical racism and the issue there. Here, the racism issue is redlining and not allowing people to move into the neighborhood. You know, and they they reference the the, the uh, Trumbull uh, projects in Chicago, where like two years earlier than this. Uh, again, this is 1950, 1950 uh, where was uh, a lot of over a black family being allowed to move into a community. Um, but the, the, the juxtaposition is with a ghost of a scientist who is experimenting on black people, you know, which certainly calls to mind things like the Tuskegee experiments. Um where and that unethical doctors were using black people for experiments, medical experiments, without in some cases their knowledge, and the two don't match up. They don't lie, so you don't get the same resonance in my mind. That I think you got in the the first two, and so they don't they don't really complement each other. And you know, I didn't get the which I should have. I, you know, I certainly got the what they were telling me with it. But like I didn't get the same uh, fear from the the dumb schmucks coming in the house with baseball bats that I did with when the the sheriff showed up in the first episode. Yeah. Right. Well, they didn't even have in, any interaction with the the three goons. Right, and that, that's another uh, issue. Yeah, that, that was a big issue. I felt. So it feels well, like I, they could have done this as two separate stories. One story about them being moving in. And I don't know how they could found a supernatural angle to it. 
you know, but find a supernatural parallel to, you know, the people who don't want them in their neighborhood. Or change the ghost story so it's not a ghost story where the ghosts want them out of the house and the white people want them out of the house. Where it's, which I guess the, the ghosts do, but it just, it's not, you know, it's not quite the same thing for me or it wasn't as, it didn't, didn't work for me as an obvious, as obvious a parallel here. Um, because I think the scientific experiments on black people in the house, if there were like white ghosts who didn't want them in the house and they had to exercise the white ghosts, I think it would have been stronger and you could have saved the experimental part of it for maybe later on, or maybe it's going to be important for plot, you know, uh, down the road. And we certainly did talk about that last week where some of it was laying groundwork for what was to come. Also, uh, I felt there was a unfortunate, it was, it was kind of interesting the placard at the beginning that says that you know family yeah. moves in and whatever and then but three people die and disappear or whatever it never ever come out yeah and, and when that but once you see the three white folk come in i immediately knew it was them so the placard kind of yeah takes away the suspense and also if you assumed it was some of the the black folk that lived in the house it, it didn't really resonate either because all the black folk that were in the house were nameless nobodies they're just extras so there was really only Letitia and Atticus who and and, and her sister I guess Letitia's sister who even to be honest is, is really a character that we don't really have any ties with anyway except for five minutes from the first episode that no, if any of those folk had passed away besides Letitia or Atticus, that would have had no resonance either. So uh, the placard, I think, was a mistake. But, I didn't mind. Uh, I didn't mind the placard. I actually thought it was a nice touch to do those things because it is something that calls into mind what you see in a lot of modern horror stories. Yeah. Uh, so I and by the time we got to that part of the story, I have to be honest, I had completely forgotten about the three people who disappeared. Um. Until I rewatched it, and I went, "Oh, right, okay, now I get it." Uh, but again, your mileage will vary. Well, it's funny because, like, the scene where they show them dead at the end of it, I was thinking they didn't need that scene, but they did need the scene at the beginning with her getting the money. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, I, well, that's another reason why I thought it was a flashback, because. You know, we have an episode one where she we find out that she and I'll, I'll say it again, she stole her brother brother's money, even though it was given to her. But she used it for reasons that were not why she got it. So she kind of lied to him to get the money. But the, th it, the thing is, is basically she and the brother and her sister both both said throughout the first episode, you're you're a f up with money. So suddenly when she has all this money to buy a a property like that because the land alone in that neighborhood would be worth a fortune. It's like, where did she get this money? So I'm thinking, Oh, okay. So this is a flashback because they're acting fairly normal, meaning they're not depressed from all the scaries, ghosts and monsters they had just seen less than a month earlier. And so I, I, again, that, that was completely confusing. And so by the time we find out, that she got the money from the mother, which again, we find out isn't true, but that whole scene when she and the sister are fighting about it, it was like, yeah, well, I, okay. So now I know 
where the money comes from, even if it's uh, a red herring. The point is, is that the whole first 40 minutes of the episode, I was honestly thinking, where did she get this money? Yeah. Unless, unless they said something about the father and the gambling that I missed, but I don't know. She mentions that she got it from the mother's will, but again, we know the mother didn't have any money. Right. Right. And, you know, and again, we, 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 yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah, it was, well, I, I mean, I, the sister, I mean, they started, they started arguing about it. The sister was saying, wait a minute, mother didn't have much money. How did you get whatever she had? You know? And of course, you know, then, then there's the whole, then why am I even here? You're just trying, you know, Letitia's looking out for Letitia. Letitia's not actually trying to be nice to her sister. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, wait a minute. I, that, that part, I have to confess, I was a little confused. I mean, I thought Letitia was saying, I, I want to have a house. I want to start my own little business. And I would like to have my sister with me. You know, right. I didn't think she was, I, I mean, maybe I'm missing something, but I really oh, didn't I- think Letitia was being particularly selfish in wanting her sister to share in her good fortune. She well, I think it's because she thought it's selfish because she get, took the money from her mom, didn't tell her about it, and then bought the house. So she she felt she was still just thinking about herself. Right, where she could have taken the money, split it. And and <laughs> split it with the with and with the people that she owed money to, which was the brother and the sister, you know, and who are as bit every you know, now Look, a person's will is their will, and who they decide to give their money to is who they decide to give their money to. And, you know, piggybacking off that argument, once they gave you the money, it is yours to do with what you will. But you can certainly understand why she might be upset that, A, Letty had gotten the money, who was the one who was careless with money. You get the sense that, and they really haven't given us a lot about her background, and I, you know, it's tough because you don't want to have those. Listen, we need to talk about all those horrible things that happened with us when we were growing up and the issues with mom and, you know, those, you know, terrible expositiony conversations. Uh, we get a little bit of more information about the mother here, that the mother was kind of a, was, a, was a con artist uh, who would, like, tell people's fortunes or something. Um, but you have to you it's mentioned it's dropped really, really quick and it's easy to miss. Right, right. You know, I mean, they, well, just like when you had the conversation with the brother buried deep in the background in the first episode. So it's very easy to miss all this stuff about her character. But I get the sense that Ruby is the older, more responsible sister. And Letty was the younger, more carefree and maybe not as responsible and, didn't, you know, maybe didn't take care of mom or whatever it was that was going on. Um and that's maybe why Ruby, and you know, and maybe feels she's more entitled to that money than Letty is. Well, I, was I would confused. understand that. I would understand. I mean, I do understand that. I guess my question is, is Letty is essentially saying, look, you know, you have helped me all this much in the past. I want now to I'm help helping you, you right. for a change. You know, I want to be, you know, I, I want to help you. And I want to, you know, because I mean, it's, I mean, to the I, sister, she's like, no, you're still using the money how you want to. If you really wanted to do it and help me, you'd have given me the money. You'd to use this out how I needed to use it. Yeah, exactly. Not done it for me and decided what I needed. Right. But, but it, again, it's I, that I'm with selfish, though. 
but I mean, I'm, that's so- what I'm saying, Kevin. I, I think I can agree with yeah. you too, because it's a matter of perspective, right? Because yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, it's, I did not agree with, you know, the sisters, like, I don't agree with how you use the money, but at the same time though, Letitia's like, look, I'm not, you know, I, I, she's just trying to show her in her own way, how she wants to pay back, how she, I understand that. I just, yeah. And so I I understand why the sister is upset, but I don't understand why she's saying Letitia is out for Letitia where she could have just said, Hey, I, you know, why did you, why didn't you just give me, you know, whatever you owed me or give me part of the money or just tell me that, Hey, we just got money from mom. You know, she could have just said that, but no, he says, Oh, you're just being selfish. It's like, well, no, no, she's not. You know, in other well, words, if you, if you're Letitia, Letitia made a bad, Letitia like made that. a bad choice. Sorry, Letitia made a bad choice, but I don't think it was out of selfishness. I think it was just out of this is how Letitia tries to pay back. I totally well, I don't even know if it's. A, I, I, I don't even. I don't, I don't even think Kevin, you, you're wrong. I, I think you're wrong, Kevin, by saying that she she did wrong because. I don't think she did wrong. I, no, no, I mean, no. I'm not saying I'm not saying she did wrong. The sister is saying she did wrong. That's like like I said, I agree. I don't right. think Letitia did wrong. Letitia did what right. in Letitia's mind thinks is a well, way to pay but people. That's how she's but broken. Ruby that's how she's broken. That's all her siblings see her for what she truly is, and you're buying into her brokenness. I don't I don't agree. I see somewhat what you're saying, Barrett, but I, I don't see. You think she stole the money from the brother, but you don't think you think she's doing the right thing here. That makes no sense to me. No, well, no, I, I, I would have took the money and pay back the brother and the sister for sure. But even if she didn't give any more than what she owed plus interest and just bought the house and then say, said, sis, come on and move in with me. I don't think that's a, a problem. So I think the only thing that she did wrong was not pay back the money she owed. Buying the house and doing what she wanted with money that was quote unquote willed to her, I don't think that's a that's a big deal I, at all. I don't agree with you on that. I, I think the mother, if it didn't even come from the mother, but if it came from the mother, the mother's wrong to just give it to her first off. Again, that causes that's, conflict right there. That, that's the that's the mother. You're right. I right. I'm just saying the mother, and then her for not telling her siblings about it before doing anything with it is wrong. It's selfish. That oh, is and, and let's and, and, what's, and, and let's remember, she may be saying, "I bought this house for us," but, but she, she bought it. that house. She's the one that owns it. Yeah. Her name is the one on the lease, and you know, if she chooses to turn around and sell it, she's the one who's going to pocket the money. You know, what does the sister get out of it? Um, she does get a place to live for a while, and that's nice. It's a nice thing for her to do. But this wasn't money that she earned, as far as we can. And let's and I think we have to remember, family issues are not always logical. They're always right. deeply rooted in a whole history. This is not three strangers who just happened to get together last week. And they said, hey, why don't you move in? I just bought a house. There's a whole history there, and they've not done a great job of illustrating that history to give us right. the full context. So right. I'm trying, I don't, I'm trying really hard well, not to judge how like Ruby is reacting because well, I don't assuming want to judge there's how... a lot of story there that we haven't gotten yet, you know, and we have gotten certain things about Letty, 
you know, up to this point. And we've gotten very, very little about the relationship with the the mother, the father, and the brother. You know, just smidgens of it. And that's unfortunate well, because that could all fill in the reason for this conflict. But we know she's used Ruby. But even yeah. well, right, right. We, she, we know she's a a user or has in the past, and we know, and I I think everybody would agree that the moment she inherited the money, she should have at least paid back all the people she borrowed money from prior. I don't even necessarily say that. I say that she should have at least told them about it. That at a minimum, paying so, them back would have been even better. Well, but the she thing is, also, all right, well, I want to Ruby, this point that Ruby, I've been trying to say for, for the past five minutes, which is right. Ruby also attacked her about saying, look at the people you're letting in the house. It's yeah. The, all the artists rather than, you know, the poor people or whatever. But not the, the people in the that, community you're bringing in your friends. Right. But they're all artists, she said. And it's like, well, Letitia's Ruby's an artist. And a lot of folks use their money uh for artists and 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 again i i i I don't know i mean i agree with you on that part it doesn't matter at that point though that's just something she's bringing up that she's adding on to the pile of her antagonism about this whole thing well Well, we don't even know how much money it is we're ruby's making it sound like oh you made you got a million dollars you're not using anything to help the community it could have just been a regular uh, fifty thousand or something. But that's and, part of the problem. Yeah, that was that, showing the selfishness. <laughs> and 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 you know, I mean, when you inherited your your money from your parents when they pass away, are you going to give it all away to the community? Of course not. So it, I don't I don't understand. I don't expect yeah, uh, anything from my parents. So well, the thing is, is that I mean, you're you're talking about you know why didn't she pay you know why didn't she why didn't uh, Letitia pay off everybody like with Ruby and her and her brother and all that but at the same time though you know why was Ruby not upset at Letitia I mean you're talking about well Letitia should have paid everybody back but the thing is is that nobody was saying that when first when she first said hey I just got some money I'm buying a house I mean Ruby could have said hey if you just got some money you could have paid me, you could have paid me back, you know? And so it's not the fact that Letitia got, I mean, and I think this is a little bit, a little bit of what uh, this is kind of going along with Barrett. What Barrett's saying is, you know, it's not that Letitia got the money. It's they got the money from, well, what they think was, was their mother. And that's yeah, exactly. That whole that's why, family that's right. why she was upset is why you should have paid me back or some, or should have at least told me about it and offered me, you know, offer to pay me back first. So I mean, this wasn't about you owed you owed me money. It was, it was more of the source of the money rather than the actual money. I would agree. Yeah. Right. right. And well, I was going to say, like, I know since one, none of my I'll, I'll air some dirty laundry here. Um, like, I don't. There, there wasn't a lot that my grandparents left to their daughters when they died. Um, but it kind of got split evenly between the four daughters, between the four fam- the daughters that they had. And, you know, my mother did a lot to take care of my grandfather when he was sick, you know, to, and, and when he with Alzheimer's and when he died and, you know, took care of my grandmother and did a lot like, you know, taking her shopping and, and taking her to, the, you know, doctor's appointments and all the rest where, you know, one of her sisters, my, one of my aunts. For, for a variety of reasons, but and it took money from her 
and was taking money from the grandparents her whole life. And so my mother was a little bitter over the fact that the money was split evenly between the four children. Right. You know, when, you know, my one aunt had taken all this money and never paid a cent of it back. Right. And well, I, I, and, I, I, and yeah. I could see that. And again, this is where having a back history would be so much more helpful, but we don't have it. Um, right. and, and I think we're, we're, we're really getting we're digging deep into this weeds into the weeds over this is a very minor thing. I'll have like a bigger storytelling. We don't even know what Letty thinks the money came from. We know she tells yeah, the right. sister <laughs> she got it from her mother. Does she know she got it from blonde girl? What, right. where does she think? Honestly, they would have been better I, I, off I, saying it came from the father. Because, by the house. I, I, by the house? Right. I you think, I that. think she, I think she actually thinks the money came from, the mother, because I can't believe she would have let her whole relationship with her sister go to the shitter to c- cover up a lie. You know, it, it was just, I don't know. Well, because I mean, then you get all the, un- well, you get all the uncomfortable truths then about, um, you know, the the, everything that happened in Massachusetts. So I can understand that. And then it just comes out, well, she's also a shitty liar, right? She comes up with a terrible lie to cover up for it. And by the way, if we had known this from the beginning, that she got the money from the, the crazy white-haired lady and was told to buy the house um, and just said it was important, first of all, we would have more investment into that house, number one, yep. and mystery in the house. Number two, we would have been more on Letty's side when she's being asked about where the money comes from. Yep. Right. And we, and we would have understood that when she said it came from the mom, that it was a, that it was a lie. So we wouldn't have been confused by that, you know, and we could have been a little bit more protective of her and a little bit more on her side than, than the sister was. And we don't even know if she knows at this point, we know that tick has figured it out, you know, and that was a thing that again, you could have introduced earlier and then had him, show up later in the in the final scene is another issue um i just think there were ways to have handled it that could have gotten us me let's just speak for myself that would have gotten me more involved in that story if i had known more and if i had seen it and it would have helped me see it more from from letitia fucking lewis's side um i don't think I don't think Letitia knew. I mean, I think Letitia knew that. Okay. Rewind. Start over. I think that Letitia believed that it came from her mother because if, if, if she found out it was the truth that it came from, you know, crazy blonde woman, you know, after all she went through and the crazy blonde woman said, here's, you know, X thousands of dollars, you know, for you, you know, here, here's a good cool house to buy. Letitia probably would have told her to, you know, I'll tell you what to do with your money, you know, and, you know, something unseemly. But I mean, Letitia <laughs> would, would not, I, you know, Letitia would have figured out, hey, you know, you want me to do something. You're telling me to buy this house. No, I am not buying this house because you're giving me the money to buy this house. No, you know, Letitia I, wasn't going to fall for that. I don't know. Given what we know about her and her ways with money, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, it it would all depend on how it was handled. And even if we knew where the money came from and she didn't you know that would be and and honestly i think it would have been so much easier if they'd just gone the route with the father because we know nothing about the father 
right? We have heard we have heard very very little about who her father is, you know, and how his the father plays into the life of these children. And again, if you listen carefully to the arguments, you know, we know that the brother didn't live with mom, right? So I'm assuming he it was either a different mother or more likely because it, more likely it was a different father and he was with the father. That would be my guess. Um, cause she says you weren't living with her. I was, you know, again, just from trying to hear the arguments in the background. So, and, and 90% of the audience probably wouldn't, wasn't going to get that, um, because of the way it was staged. So just having it come from the father and not from the mother would have glossed over a whole lot of other things, but then you wouldn't have had the friction between necessarily or between Ruby and, and Letitia. And I will say the other thing is, remember, Letitia's putting it off as I'm doing this for us, but the only people she's inviting into the house are her friends. So, yeah, Ken, see her artist friends, which so Ken look a little bit more selfish from Ruby's point of view. Hey, you know, it's um, I'm springing for I'm, we're, I'm going to have a big party for you and I'm going to invite all my friends over. Well, well and you know what? That was, that, that was the, the another problem I felt with the was when Ruby said that statement, not only did I, it just feel odd, but the main, another thing that was weird about it too, is that I don't think she, they mentioned at all earlier that I, that, Hey, I'm going to invite all my, my artist friends to move in and live in the house with us. She does so mention as a, as a community thing to like, yeah, to, she does mention it. Uh, and I had missed it the first time around. Um, right. Although she's not very clear as to which members of the community she's talking about. Right. Right. Exactly. So we don't know what the community meant. Right. I mean, that could mean poor people or that could mean the artists or that could just mean anybody. And and so when she says you just invited all your artist friends in. I mean, they didn't they, they show the one scene, you know, where. Letitia goes around to each room and, and, you know, you see the dancer and then you see a couple other people and whatever. But I, I mean, I, I, I didn't think, I mean, they were community members, so I, I don't, I don't, you know, you know what I'm saying? It, it made, made it seem like, were they, they didn't know, they didn't know Ruby. They're, yeah. And, and Letty hasn't been living in that community very long. Yeah. So, um, I guess. You know, yeah. she's just moved in. These are her friends. She's running around with a different circle of friends and, you know, people who keep getting arrested and all and whatnot. Um, again, it's it's I, I do think this is just a matter of if we had more background of the family, we knew right. what the family issues were as opposed to just, well, you know what families are like, which is, by the way, again, I'm I'm willing to write all of that off under that. Families have a long history. We haven't been given the family history. So I have no problem with anybody with Ruby's issues with the sister. I really don't. Um, it's just would be nicer if we had it. And, and, you know, we've been on this like for 20 minutes. So maybe we could. Yeah, we should probably move on. Right? Move along to maybe the stuff that actually. Went yeah. To yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, this isn't the guiding light. You know, it's just. Uh, right. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's move on to other aspects. Um of the, the episode and, and discuss those aspects and, and scenes. Um, which, which ones do we want to talk about? There's a few of them. There's, there's obviously the, the white folk um, with the, the cars. There's the more to do with 
the stuff that you mentioned earlier, Mike, which was related to the ghosts and experiments. There's the the stuff with um, Montrose and Atticus. The, I mean, some of these may not even be worth talking about, but and some may be more interesting. So we we can pick and choose. But um, any any that anybody wanted to jump on that they were hoping to talk about that we haven't talked about yet. Um, well, one just a little thing I wanted to, if we can go again, going kind of back to the beginning. Uh, one of the things I thought was interesting is when we are watching the, the the breakfast scene in the apartment. Is they have ain't that a shame playing? And I thought that was a, an interesting choice. So I, I kind of looked it up because this is the same because the the yeah, song Blueberry kind of, Hill, uh, the guy that does Blueberry Hill. Uh, uh, well, no, that uh, Fats Domino. Fats Domino, that's it. Yeah, same guy. Yep. Uh, so Fats Domino was doing. Um, uh, ain't that a shame? And I looked it up. So, and the reason I, I noted that is because it was a weird feeling, sort of similar to the scene there, in that you have a tragic undercurrent going through this very happy scene of them having breakfast together. In theory, yeah. you know, and that is, it's a if you listen to the lyrics of the song, it's about someone who's sad. been dumped by his by his girlfriend. It's a sad lyric with a happy melody. Right. Um, and it's so it's a weird dichotomy there. And I and, and then I thought it was interesting in that it the. The song was released in 1955. It was his breakthrough hit. Uh, that same year, he was covered by Pat Boone, who is, uh, for those who don't know Pat Boone, he is one of the whitest recording artists who has ever lived. Um, <laughs> and it was very common back then for black artists to have their music covered by white artists because it was acceptable. Parents didn't want their kids listening to the black artist um but ironically the thing is so you know because we're talking about an episode dealing with redlining is that one thing i did think was funny is apparently pat boone wanted to change the lyrics to isn't that a shame which well let me ask you this though did did pat boone's version even appear in this episode no it didn't but here's my point is that is that um what happened is because hit pat boone ends up doing well it makes a shitload of money for Fats Domino, and it also gives him a door into the white market. Right. right. Yeah. So I, he, he actually wrote the co-wrote the song, so he he actually owned the rights to the song. Right. Which which helped. You're absolutely right. Right. So I just thought, and I don't know how intentional it was because it's set in 1955. It was a hit song in 1955. It may have just gotten been there, but it sort of parallels the idea that Pat Boone sort of paves the way to allow Fast Domino to, to break into the white audience, despite the fact that there's a resist, resistance there, just as, you know, uh, Letty and Ruby are pioneering into a white neighborhood. So I I'm, I'm, don't know if that was an intentional parallel there, but there was a parallel to that. I just thought that was an interesting what, little bit of trivia. Now, what was the deal with the the daughter, Uncle George's daughter, spacing out for a moment and Iotica saying, is something wrong? And then like, there's like a beat, a couple of beats, and then she finally goes, no, no, no everything's fine. I, I didn't get that unless that was just referring to her being sad that her father has passed, you know, was murdered or is that in the was, kitchen scene? Yeah. I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah. It was a weird beat. And I don't know. It was just, it was just a weird beat. Yeah. And I, I, I was wondering if anybody thought, yeah, but if you didn't re- notice it, then um, obviously you can't comment on it. 
Um, let's see what else. Um, yeah, so that, that's a fair point about um, whether that was intentional or not. You know, uh, a parallel to "Ain't That a Shame's Breakthrough" uh, to the, I guess, a, a white audience versus versus uh, this here, where Letty's moving into, um, I guess, what is generally a white neighborhood. Uh, that could be possible. Well, there's the signs on the front lawn saying it is. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they, 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 yeah, they, that, that, that was a close-up, uh, like in the middle of the show, where uh, after she moves in, um, I can't remember what exactly it said, but yeah, it's like this is a white neighborhood, you know, like basically yeah, keep the like, roof out. Yeah, it's like white, white only keep the undesirables out or whatever. I mean, yeah. they, they are what they are. They, you know, uh, Letitia was doing what was known as pioneering. You know, and she they mentioned that a couple of times in there. And pioneering is, is, you know, when you had an all white neighborhood and a black person or a black, you know, black person comes in and buys a house in an all white. Yeah. neighborhood. Right. Well, well here's, here's another scene, which is which was very, very odd. And this was either bad writing or bad editing or both. Um, basically, after Letitia um, flips out for obvious reasons because of the the burning cross on the front lawn she goes out and smashes all the the cars uh white folks cars that are purposely parked in the front uh with their horns on and with a, you know a brick tied to the horn so they'll just go on forever um she gets arrested and when she's in the paddy wagon the cop asks her questions why uh, who sold you the house, right? Because that's the key. Isn't necessary that the black folk happen to buy the property and be in the, in the neighborhood where they are not desired. But who's the the person that sold the house? Because obviously they want to get revenge on that person too. And the thing that was odd about that scene was there's a beat. And then we find her back at home in the basement it was just a weird cut. Yeah. It's like, it was like that. They, they're putting way too much in an episode like they did last week's episode without building the in-betweens and the beats that are necessary. Like what happened to her when she was in jail and how did she get out of jail and who bailed her out of jail and, you know, on and on and on. And, and it, it's, you know, we always laughed like about how in some TV shows like Westworld, like, they're dragging or Game of Thrones. They're dragging things on too long. This show is like compacting things too much. Actually, yeah. that's a good point. I didn't think about that. You're right because she's in the, you know, she's in the she's in the back with the just her. Right. Did, she go to the, the, did she go to the hospital after what happened to her? Yeah, she got banged around like all over the place. Yeah, what what yeah. happened to the the, the, kid? the guys? Like, okay, how did you buy the you know how did you buy the place? Where did you come from? You know, and he's. You know, the police officers essentially interrogating her, but not, you know, not because she, you know, caused destruction to private property, but because she, you know, well, she bought the house and he's like, Wait, you know, and so, yeah, that that was I, I did not think about that. Like one minute she's in the back, you know, so in other words, they kind of use this to it's like, all right, there's something about this house, not just because they're black people buying the house in a white neighborhood but something about this house particularly i mean that's all that 
that's all that scene was good for. Right. I and mean, I don't necessarily mind that. Um, you know, they kind of cut from that because they do. I think I think they did have the, like the title card in between saying like day five or day nine or whatever day it was. And we can kind of put together that she got bailed out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, I do kind of wish and I, <laughs> I kind of wish they had spent more story time on the the redlining aspect of it and the, the hostility from the white people. And as and less on the ghost story for maybe and have divided or, this or into two opposite. episodes or, or the opposite, Mike, which is get rid of the racism part and just focus on the entire ghost story and what's going on in the house, or focusing more on the racism part and ignoring the ghost part but, in the house. But by combining the two together, it kind of failed a little bit. Yeah. I mean, is that what you're trying to say, Mike? Is that you're, you're saying that they should have focused more on the, the racism part, which itself would have been an, an interesting hour episode. But I'm saying that they could have done the opposite and just focused on the ghost side, which itself could have been an interesting episode. But instead, they kind of tried to combine the two, and it didn't necessarily work, except for the fact that the doctor was a psycho racist doctor that was a ghost. And I mean, that was the only co- connection between the racism and, and the haunted house, I think. Am I right? Well, I mean, what happened was, is we found out. We found out. The immediate the issue society. is going to be the resistance in the white neighborhood. Yeah. So you're and saying they should have just focused on that and, and, and ignored the ghost part? I would have said, as I said earlier, I wish they had found something that was a more a closer parallel to deal with the white racists in the neighborhood than, and then also taking in a ghost story that had to do with, with, with the guy doing illegal experiments on blacks. Um, right. And, and that's, and I, from, again, for me, the ghost story just was ineffective because I don't think the effects worked and the stuff, the scares didn't work for me. Um, the elevator scene at the end, notwithstanding. Sure. Now, Kevin, you were saying something? Well, um, like, um, sorry for repeating myself. I mean, it, it, I liked how, I mean, yes, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of how she got out. I mean, yes, we can, we can figure out that, yeah, she was bailed out because, like, the next thing you see is Ruby doing, or not, sorry, not Ruby, Leticia is doing all of this research about our, because, I mean, when the cop mentioned the name of, the guy who originally owned the house that kind of set her off on a little bit of an investigative uh, investigative trail. And so that's when she finds out, all right, well, here's this guy who was a medical doctor. He's, he was given the boot, you know, because well, from a university, because he was doing stuff that was bad. And now, and now you see pictures of hit of the, of the, the old, the, the original owner or what have you, Said and they're missing black people from another part of Chicago. Oh, and here's here is him. Here's this doctor again. Oh, and there's the cop that was in the paddy wagon with me. You know, and they kind of connect those two. But the thing is, they don't do anything else with that police officer. You know, and it's just like, all right. So you know, so it's you, you can you can almost. I mean, you could probably guess that one. The police were probably at least that that one officer was in on the on the kidnapping 
at least. And he really didn't care because he said, you know, there were, what was it, eight pieces of eight bodies found in that house. Uh, and he says, you know, and he says, uh, yeah, so I don't think he really had a problem with it, but uh, well, obviously he didn't have a problem with it. But, um, you know, it's so I, but like I said, they use that as kind of the exposition, exposition, exposition saying, hey, I now this is for Letitia to go and start investigating more about the history of the house. So essentially another piece to the mystery that is this episode. What did you guys think of uh, how when they cut back to the next day after the, the paddy wagon scene, all the pictures in the basement and whatnot? I, we're, I don't think we were ever introduced to a photographer artist. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just suddenly, all of a sudden, it was a dark room. Yeah, so well, I was she, well, confused. So she mentions early on, uh, or, it's, or it's mentioned early on that it make, would make a good dark room. I don't know if she mentioned yeah, it or take the Atticus, Atticus mentioned yeah. it. Atticus mentioned it, and and Letty is taking pictures the whole time. The whole time, gotcha. you know. Okay, here's my sister's reaction. Here's the movers. Oh, here's Atticus. Snap. Oh, hi. And they have their little. Hey, you haven't talked to me in over three weeks. And then she's still snapping pictures as she went along. And then she, and then when they were in the basement, you know, because uh, Letty's Letty found that trap door, you know, in a crowded crowded basement next thing you know the basement is virtually empty and they're kind of looking around like all right where did all this stuff go you know and then she's no there was um there was a sub basement yeah yeah right glossing over like like it all of a sudden becomes a dark room i mean yeah we you know they talk about it but it's just i don't know and and that she does go down there with tick and it's empty there's a couple of benches in there but it's empty other because there's it's like something banging on there to get out yeah. Well, when you get down there, there is nothing. So that's the part that comes to the dark room. And this is one of the scenes that didn't work for me. So there's the whole thing where you can tell because it's very sort of frenetically shot. There's a lot of camera movement of her looking at the pictures. And I don't ever think we get really good looks at the pictures. And I guess there's like red lines, glowing lines on the pictures that she assembles into a face. And again, it could be me. Um, at first, I just didn't notice that that was a thing. I thought they were just—it was just glare on the on the glossy photos. Yeah, so. Um, and I, then I thought it was—I thought it was really convenient how quickly she assembles these random lines into a face that then turns into the, this giant head that grows out of the photos. Like, get out or get out of my house. And to me, that that was that was kind of a laughable scene. It didn't work for me because the effects didn't work for me because I don't think it was set up well. Um, right. I didn't I didn't buy it. I didn't. We didn't really see her putting the pieces of the puzzle together. We didn't see the individual pieces of the puzzle to see right. how somebody could actually. They didn't take a minute. And we have seen things like this in previous. Oh, uh, what, what was that great movie? Uh, the, uh, in the mouth of madness, when they put it together. Right, the covers look, and it becomes it becomes New Hampshire, and it's like right. oh, it's right. and you know, and that was pretty cool. But here, it's like it didn't make any sense. I see what no. you're well, because, because we didn't see her putting the piece that we just said. No, no, it's okay. She solves the puzzle pieces, and right. we don't get a moment in her shoes to see what she sees and to work through it with her. Right. And and then and then the the payoff for it for me was a really 
bad special effect. You know, we you don't even get to enjoy mess. her going down there to start thinking about making it a dark room, you know, and putting maybe a picture or two up so we're ready for that. Even yeah, I, I, just I, yeah, very abrupt. I, I, I would agree with that too, Barrett. Um, also. Uh, they they haven't shied away earlier episodes where, like, for example, Uncle George would talk to himself, uh, you know, and, and out loud. And, and then that would be like exposition for us to see what, you know, understand what was going on. They could have had her. And so they're not shy of doing that. So they could have had her go and say something. Oh, this is like a puzzle. Or, what is this? Uh, you know, but she she doesn't say anything. And so it's like you said, Mike, the moment after. It's it's, I guess, a completed puzzle. And then you have the the special effects of the the ghost or uh, whatever and yeah I, I mean they could have added a few beats and and like you said um barrett they could have had a scene earlier in the episode where they were turning it into they could have had one of the conversations with any of the two characters they could have had that while they were turning it into a dark room 30 seconds <laughs> it would have taken 30 seconds to just at least yeah. show her putting a picture or two up and i do think another aspect of this and I get this is her episode. And the actress does a really good job doing it. Um, they could have brought in the other characters a little bit more. You know, the, 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 the sister could have been more involved or Tick could have been more involved. Tick is in and out of the episode very tangentially. Um, you know, he doesn't feel critical part of fixing the, the whole problem. Um uh, you know, she still could have taken the lead. She could have been the dominant character in the episode, but it's an opportunity to build these relationships between these people. Um, you know, just thinking about that. So, like, you know, you could have had her bouncing her ideas off of somebody when looking at these photographs and working with a person to see the pictures in the photographs. Uh, just, just little things that might have been a missed opportunity. Again, this is, you know, maybe may just be, but... Um, yeah, well, I mean, sex with well and that's yeah and that's something else too right and that was an interesting moment yeah well, montrose we barely see montrose in the episode yeah you know, the father. For like five for one minute maybe um yeah. and i, I want to come back to that later because uh, i think i figured something out and i'm hoping i'm wrong um right well the, the sex scene was interesting it was almost like fan service because, oh, everybody, you know, you figure the two after the last couple of episodes, people are saying, oh, I hope they get together. And then at the end of the episode, she, she basically she kind of says, you know, it's my first time, whatever. So you think, oh, OK, something's going to happen. And then she goes, I just needed it because of the mood I was in or something like that. And I was like, OK, so they wanted to give us the fan service, but they don't want it to be a relationship going forward in the next seven episodes, maybe. Well, I mean, we'll find out. to not seem so she seems like a character who's presenting a certain image and the right. idea that she is what, 28 years old or I'm guessing or 25 years old and still a virgin maybe is not the image that she's presenting. Um, because when, right. she, and when you think of like, and this, this is something I, cause I'm, I'm maybe cause I'm clueless, uh, cause, well, because I was an idiot, um, or maybe just because of how they presented the information when they're having sex. My first thought was about, boy, that was really quick. Right. Um, that's always how it is in shows and movies, though, because <laughs> they because they didn't even get through the whole song. Usually they they let the song play out. So they didn't yeah. even, it was like it was like 15 seconds. I was like, oh, man, he needs he needs some help. <laughs> um, well, well, they had they had to move it along quick because they, they 
moved everything else along. Yeah, they glossed over everything else. And, right. they and then, and then she time. says, you know, that she, she forgot it was like her time of the month. Okay, you know, that happens. It was yeah. I thought it was interesting that they put that in there. But, you know, that's real life for a woman, right? So that's fine. And then later she says it was my first time. So it's like, oh, okay, she lied. It was the month that was getting her stopped. Yeah, I didn't buy her story from the beginning when she said that. Right. Now, were they using? I kind of felt like it was her first time when she started crying afterwards. Do Do you think they she they had protection, or do you think she's going to get pregnant? Uh, it's a joke. Uh, I don't think you're going to go there. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I was just being a wise ass. Uh, usually, I mean, it's possible, but usually you need a few times at the plate before you hit the home run. Um, right. He could have pulled out. We don't know. I mean, they yeah, well, there's all sorts of things. Yeah, we don't even know technically if he finished or, you know, because <laughs> it seemed like it. Um, or if he you know, just noticed the blood and was like, huh? And thought, you know, it was her time of the month. Um, because that's what she told him. Uh, right. I, I just think that as her first time, this was a very, because he kind of gets goaded into it. Right. Yes, he does. So, you know, because she sees him, her flirting with a guy at the party, dancing very seductively um, with him. And the guy, I think he was the bouncer from the bar in the first episode. Um, you know, he says, if you know, if she's yours, you might want to let her know that. And and he kind of takes possession of her. And it's not rape by any means. It's but it's a very. um and for some people, maybe it is a hot. It is very hot. I don't know if, you know, uh, if every woman would agree with that. But it may, and she's you know she's not resisting to it. But he just kind of comes and takes her very forcibly. It's very you know, and maybe that's not what she had in her mind for her first time. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> but, uh, but it was interesting because when you're t- when you're seeing her dancing seductively with the other guy, she looks right at Atticus. I mean, just focuses right on him. You stare at each other. She can tell that Atticus is not happy about it. And then she try either she, well, she gives the impression that she's really enjoying this dance with this other guy. So, I mean, it almost, I don't know. It almost seems like she was, I don't know what the message was, but it almost seemed like she was trying to manipulate him. But I mean, or she was just really torqued off at Atticus. I really don't know. And she's just pretty much saying, you know, telling him off with with that look. I really, I really don't know. But well, he talked about some... leaving. Huh? She's clearly in, she's talked about leaving. He had talked about leaving, right? Because he kind of had a job to get back to. Um, right. She's clearly interested in him, right? So we know from the first episode, right? There's that scene where he's like uh, leaning over the car or something. And she take and she like takes a, casually sneaks a picture of him with his shirt off. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. You know, so there's definitely a sexual attraction there, and I think she's deliberately trying to, to get him jealous. Um, oh, yeah. The, the show is very progressive because they've been showing a lot of Atticus naked, but not her, for those who are counting. Because he was naked in the first, second episode during the, that cult thing. And then in this one, he's naked, uh, but she's not. Because the you know the the way the camera angle is and whatnot, so it is um, yep doing a progressive male nudity versus female nudity. So for those who are again um, taking notes, um, so what else uh, did we want to discuss? That oh you, yeah, let's talk about Montrose. Uh, you said there's something that you want to talk about 
Come All on. right. Yes. Yeah, so there's a reference in here. So he uh, Tick walks in. Montrose is sleeping. Uh, and he's mumbling in his sleep. And he's mumbling a scene, a, a, a re- remembering a thing that happened, I guess, in his youth with George, where they're attacked by a bunch of white kids. And a mysterious black savior comes by with a baseball bat and says, uh, what did he say specifically? Uh, I got you, kid, or something like that. I got your back. I got your back. Which isn't that what Jackie Robinson says to him in the in the dream sequence in the first episode? Says to yes. yes, he does. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. All right, so this has popped up twice now. Now, let me ask you, there's a particular genre of story. When someone says, there's this thing that happened to me in my past where a mysterious person showed up and said this important catchphrase, and I never found out who that person was. Does anyone want to guess who that person might end up being? All right, so repeat this, this whole thing again, Mike. You're saying, again, go ahead. i, I got to really pay attention to what you're saying here. Okay. So we have a scene twice now with two different characters. A black man, mysterious black man with a bat, comes to I the restaurant. I got and says the same catchphrase. Right. An important catchphrase because they've repeated it twice. So they want us to remember that catchphrase. Right. Good point. A three now, why? Why? Because they're going to want to call back to this later. Now, they do reference Pulp stories here yep. and pulp is horror but pulp is also science fiction mm-hmm. what is a staple of science uh, uh storytelling device in many science fiction stories the grays not um, that because the grays uh, are not showing time travel pulp. what's that time travel bing well i have a feeling it's kind of science fictiony too not just horror right so i have a feeling we are going to have an episode probably episode 10 where tick goes back in time and is the one who bails out um his his, his father and his uncle whichever one those have each one happens to be um with the baseball bat and the, i got your back i just have a feeling i kind of hope it's not because it'd be it feels very predictable um, if if you look at because it's the kind of trope if you know you're going into a time travel story like I think the beginning of Twelve Monkeys is a good example where there's yeah. a mysterious character and we all know who the freaking mysterious character is going to be by the end of the movie. Um, oh, yeah, where, so when, yeah, where where but where everybody where you cannot tell a time travel story where there's a mysterious person that does not in some way play a role where it turns out that mysterious person is the lead character who's playing a role in his own creation at some point. Lupa, right. Exactly. So I have a feeling I would not. Now, it may not go that far, but I have a feeling we're going to eventually find out who that person was in that scene. Right. My money right now is time traveling tick. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. It wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. That's That's a fair point. Yeah. All right. That's good. That's that's a good catch. Um, you're right. And why would they repeat it uh, otherwise? And uh, time traveling makes sense. Yep. 
All right. What else do we want to talk about? Anything else anybody want to bring up? End, how about the end scene with the tunnel and the lights down there that are running and dead bodies? <laughs> oh, yeah. You, yeah, that, well. So right, where yeah, did so the tunnel go and what were the bodies aside well, from the three this is know? probably kind of a hint or a foreshadowing of what's going to happen either, you know, next week or, you know, in times to come because, well, obviously, you know, Letitia says, you know, I didn't, I didn't know anything about the bodies, but then he, then you see the, you know, the, the, the ghosts in the elevator, you know, just for, just for our, our, uh, our, just for our benefit, you know, decides, you know, the ghost in the elevator is going to show us the viewer, um, you know, not only is there a sub basement, but there is like a sub 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 basement. Uh, also, it, it's interesting because when you see those flashing light, you know, those flashing the, symbols. The, Kevin, the yeah. case of Charles De- Jackster Wood. And there you go. Something like that, where yeah, there's a but, whole underground tunnel system that's yeah. like very yeah. far down. Well, and the guy did do experiments in this episode. Right. So that's true. That is he true. must and have that, a lab somewhere. But, but, there, but, it's, but it, it's weird, though, that the elevator... They wouldn't know. To, well, I, you know, I mean, if the, the doors to the elevator are closed, you would never know that the elevator goes unless there's like a special code that would let it go down another 10 levels to this hidden basement or something. Maybe well, we also know the elevator doesn't work quite right. Right. Yeah. Well, and I do get the sense yeah. that this is a haunted mansion kind of ride where there goes to running the elevator. You know how the elevator just kind of shows up when they walk up to it. and um. And that's another. Are the ghosts still there? Because it will explain why you don't have any more problems from the white neighbors if the ghosts are going to are keeping people away. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, and that's a good point, Mike. Right. It appears that the ghosts. Yeah, are the ghosts still there? Right. They they get rid of the the bad scientist ghosts in this weird ceremony that I, I was. I'm still a little confused on, but either yeah. way, they they get rid of it. So the question is, are the other ghosts, the, the, victims. the, the, the victim ghosts, still in the house? I think and they are. I, I think they are, too, because the bodies in that sub-basement are probably those victims' bodies, right? No, because, because remember, the police officer said they found pieces, you know, they found eight corpses or whatever, so... Well, that doesn't mean that's all the victims. That's true. I mean, there could be more victims, yeah, but, I mean, the thing is... You know, you have, and they, you know, essentially the the ghosts kind of use that that sub sub basement to dump everybody, you know, dump out the corpses. But it, it's also right. interesting. I mean, I think there's there's something to the like the the symbols right. that you saw flashing in the rock as you're going down were the same symbols that when Atticus was trying to get out of his room in that one mansion, you know, and that force field came up, and I think it was like the same symbols that were lining the door. Interesting. Yeah. Also, um, Lovecraft, we mentioned Charles Dexter Ward, but also the rats in the wall is another story where oh, there was yeah. a sub sub basement. So yeah. th- this yeah. is definitely Lovecraftian uh, trope for sure, which which fits with the name of the, the show anyway. Um, now, Kevin, you read the book. Is there a sub basement in the book? No. Well, not not that uh, I've gotten through, uh, not that I got into yet. Actually, if I can do my, my in the book segment, um, like I said earlier, and I'll try to do a rehash, a quick one. Um, 
the money was legitimately given to them by, as far as we could tell, the money was legitimately given to them by, uh, I think it was their, their father, okay, who was the, um, who was a pretty much a card shark. They they buy the house. There there is no drama between Letty and and Ruby about why didn't you pay us back or you know you're being sold. But that that is not even remotely in the book. Uh, there are ghosts in there, but there's and there's actually also a big statue of Hectate or Hec- Hecate, uh, pretty much a a goddess of witches essentially in in the foyer, and they. They mentioned some. They mentioned the the deal a little bit in the book. There's a essentially the way they did it back then was they would not. Most people would not give a mortgage to a black person, especially if they were going to buy in a white neighborhood. So what they would do was they would um, somebody else would essentially buy the house, and yeah, like a white person would buy the house, and. You know, the, the black people would pay them the mortgage. But the problem is if they faulted, defaulted on the mortgage, at least one payment, then they were they were given the boot. Um, and so that's why Letty was very much like, hey, you know, we we, we got to pay because, you know, it, it was also part of the deal that you could not make any significant alter alterations to the house. So they couldn't get rid of it the, in the book. They couldn't get rid of the statue. But the thing is, the statue was of a. Uh, pretty much a naked woman but with three heads which is what hecate was with snakes around her feet and it's one of those at first you kind of look and it was a little pornographic and so when they had the big party they covered up they covered up hecate because they didn't want the kids to see it um and so the whole thing with the horns actually the horns the car with the horns that's that's one thing that that kind of made me scratch my head is if you're going to do that to somebody wouldn't the neighbors have a problem with it because yes you have the horns in front of your house but the rest of the neighborhood can hear those horns they were doing it as a neighborhood to try and drive them out so it didn't I know, but, the horns, but i mean you really want the horns to i i don't know maybe maybe it's just that's how strong they're oh I, my god but anyway that, that that's that not happening in the book but that, that is that's that's i gotta interject here that's a great point that you made there kevin because those houses are so compact together that everybody in the neighborhood would, would hear that right yeah so, but everybody in the neighborhood was was supporting this to get yeah they were all supporting it they hated them they wanted them out so anyway yeah. um but the thing is is that in the books the police officers were actually friendly the police officers were helpful because there were attacks on the house and the police officer said, okay, you know, we're going to station a car pretty much almost right in front of your house. Uh, so in other words, here, you know, when you see in the story, you know, when you see in the TV show that the, the, the police officers are jerks as well, in the book, they're not. Actually, in the book, they're, they're actually helpful. And continuing on just the, in the story, there there is no... Um, I, I really don't know the, the best way to put it, but there there is no, let's just say this, there is no witchcraft at the, at the end where, you know, they sacrifice the goat. Which Wait, I did you say the police officers were helpful in the book? Yes. That's a yes. huge change. I wonder why they made yes. that type of a I don't know, but the thing, and, and the thing is, so the police officers in the book were helpful. Um, huh. And like I said, the horn thing did not happen. 
Letty actually, because there were a couple times where the ghosts were manifesting themselves, and Letty pretty much said, you know, I am not leaving. This is my house to you, you you knock it off. And essentially the ghost said, okay. The ghost said, all right, fine. This is, this is our house now. And what happened was at the end, when you got the three, the three guys that are breaking in, they, the three boys that broke in, they were going to torch the place down. They had, um, they had cans of, they had cans of fuel. And what happened was, is they broke in while everybody else was gone. And what happened was, is that uh, one of the guys essentially tries to molest the statue of Hectate. And one of the snakes uh, and the statue actually bites the kid in the heels. Um, one of the kids almost gets decapitated by the elevator, but he doesn't. He pretty much he passes out. Uh, they revive him, and when they revive him, he just he screams bloody murder. I mean, he is scared out of his wits. The other guys that are in there are scared out of their wits, and they and uh, the firemen who are helping him and the police all say, "Don't worry, he's going to get arrested and charged." See, that's a huge change from yeah, the book to the show, point. as far as like the amount of racism, and I, that's oh, just yeah. boggles my well, mind. That, well, the thing is, is that part of me, as I was watching the show. I mean, we're in the third episode and I'm thinking to myself, is there at least, I mean, apart from the guy at the mansion, the, the one servant guy, the one that said to uh, George and Tick, you know, you may not be welcome here, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be here. Is there, is there any other white guy in this a white person in this show that's actually decent? Because even in the book, there are some decent ones. There are some ones that are, at least relatively friendly or at least passive towards them. In other words, they're not jerks towards them. They're just like, okay, fine. Um, you know, it's, I, I don't know. That kind of, that, that bit kind of frustrated me because I'm thinking, I mean, it was a, when I first watched this show, it was an awakening for me on how bad it was even in the North for African-American people. And I felt awful for that. But now I'm getting to the point where, oh, come on, there isn't even like a couple of nice people in that neighborhood or or at all. But in the well, book, there are. And like I said, including the police, including the firemen, they're they're nice people. They're they're helpful. They're at least fair about things. And at the end of this particular part of the story in the book, there are we re, we see like one person is moving out and three other houses have for sale signs in front of their house. And this is after the instance of the three boys who were uh, carted off being arrested and all that. And Letitia pretty much looks at them, looks at the houses and just says, bye. Um, and that's kind of how this segment ended. And what happened, and what happened was, is that Tick goes to, the realtor that sells them the house. And what happened was, is that the realtor, uh, the realtor's office that sold them the house, the, the guy who actually owns the business said, I have no idea what you're talking about. The guy who sold them the house, who was a realtor said, you know, he says, well, I'm this, this realtor's partner. And the realtor said, no, he's not my partner. You know, so there's a little bit of an underlying. And so tick, yes, tick does figure it out, but pretty much what he does is he, he tick does his own digging and he confronts the guy saying, you, you know, this house 
was once owned or owned by a member of that um, of that witchcraft of the the Sons of Adam family, and that's essentially how how that story progressed. In other words, the way they did it in the book is a whole lot better than the way they did it in the in the in the show. Yeah, well, it sounds that way because they didn't leave out. Uh, again. We, she suddenly just has at the beginning of the episode. She suddenly just has this house and is showing it to her sister, and it's like, "Hold on, what happened?" You know, that's yeah, why I thought it was a, a flashback again. You know, because Ruby and Letty both together, they were summoned to a lawyer's. Um, I think to a lawyer's office. Yeah, they were summoned to a lawyer's office in like a very nice part of Chicago, essentially a white part of Chicago, and because they're looking around like, "Why are we here?" But and it's like, hey, we were summoned here. It's, you know, it can't be anything bad for us. And so they go in and the lawyer said, here, here's money. It was from your father. Uh, well, that sounds went, like one of those changes they made that were not better. <laughs> the right. story. Oh, I agree. I Which agree. don't make sense, you know. Well, and like I said, if they did it according to the weight of the book, of course, the thing is, is that you don't get the drama between the sisters. You know, you don't really get the drama between the sister. The sister is upset with Letty because she decided, hey, let's buy this house. You know, let's pioneer. But it's interesting because Letty goes in the book, Letty goes to George and asks, who can I go to that's trustworthy? And George said, yeah, I know somebody I, I can I can put you I can hook you up. Well, he couldn't do that because he's dead in the show. I know. I know, but <laughs> like I said, this is a way that the book does it better because George yeah. didn't die. Um, yeah, go on. I was going to say, I got to give Mike credit because he actually predicted that George could die. And, and, and he's the best character. And it's like, why the hell would they kill him off? Because you like him. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. I like the character, so they had to come. I mean, his, the actor is the reason I wanted to watch the show. So one of the reasons, not the only, but right, right. I was disappointed in his death. Yeah, and, and that's a huge change from the book. Huge. Yeah, huge. With Kevin Stonis. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, because George is still a, a very significant part of the story as 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 I'm going along. Um, Essentially, in the book, I'm I'm generally about one and a half episodes ahead, uh, if you will. Well, and you would think that, pe- that one of their target audiences would be people who have read the book. And that seems like some of the changes seem kind of major for someone who likes the book. Well, I mean, I remember I watched, uh, and this is a total, well, it's fantasy, but uh, I watched at least the first season of uh, the Shannara books, or Shannara books. Yeah. Uh, it's the Shannara show. And I'm looking at this because, I mean, it's been years since I read the books, but I'm looking at this thinking, this is not how I remember it. This is not how I remember it. Al-Anon was not like that. Al- you know, all that. And it was... Because I remember, and when a couple of people I, I did chat with online about this, I said, and a couple of them were actually authors, I said, I was saying, what the heck did they do to this book? I mean, I, kn- I know it's been years since I, I read it, but this is not how, I know this is not how it happened in the book. And 
you know, I said, how could the author let that happen? And one of the people, some of the people I know on Facebook who are also authors pretty much said, hey, if they paid me enough, I'd probably let them do that. And it'll get people who want to buy my book. Authors very rarely have a lot of say. Uh, Unless they get it in the contract. I must say, and, and most authors do not have the authority, the power. I mean, one of the few that could probably get the power to do that would have been Stephen King in the 80s. I don't even know if he would just have that power now. I don't um, think he does anymore, yeah. I wish um, if there's a good enough book, somebody could get it, that kind of power. But yeah, that's... Actually, there's a way Stephen King could get the power now is simply saying, I won't sell it to you unless, unless we do this. But but most authors aren't Stephen King, and they don't have the right. power to do that. And, yeah. and J.K. Rowling, like I think, had the you know uh, yeah, approval on all the casting. Full, yeah, she had full power. Yeah. yeah, she she had a lot, but she would by but by that point, those books were so huge, um, that yeah, she could do that. But yeah, your your typical author, um, if M.J. Preston sold the you know the Equinox to, to movie rights, he would have no no ability he would just say i'm not selling it but you know then they're going to take their money and go home and it is such a symbiotic relationship between you know the two that the writer is kind of willing to let themselves get butt raped because there's a chance that you know it will get more people will most likely get more people to check out their books well and they're already getting butt raped by the publishers so what's the difference well i'm talking in terms of the the you know what of their stuff and that ends up on screen yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying. At that point, they're just like, it's more money. <laughs> like, um, I, I thought it was interesting. I don't know if anyone else here saw the movie Jojo Rabbit. I did yeah, not see that. Okay, so it basically is only the first half of the book, from what I understand. Because the second half of the book is really kind of dark and disturbing and problematic. And it's not nearly as heartwarming a story about a Hitler youth. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so I can certainly understand like that author being disappointed at how he, where he chose to end the story and how he chose to end the story, which was on a more upbeat thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's just, just sometimes even, you know, where you pick and choose to put, what you choose to focus on in the novel, what you choose to put aside can, can make a huge difference. Anyway, um, one of the things we haven't talked about was the, the Ouija board. Oh, yeah, that was a weird thing. Yeah, go on. Uh, well, just where it's... Because uh, I, I have liked the character of Dee as a comic book nerd, watching her, drawing her comic books at the at the kitchen table, I, I kind of get a kick out of. Uh, and... Yeah, so they're playing around with the Ouija board, and uh, the message comes out that I think says George is dead, which is, of course, her father, and she gets very upset over that. Um, and I don't know if you know those were the ghosts fucking around with her. Um, didn't really feel terribly necessary as a scene, in that it didn't exactly move the plot forward. Uh, but it was nice to be reminded that George existed. Um, right, right. And and by the way, I should also point out that uh, we're recording this today uh, uh, on uh, September first, and this is I'm trying to get the name here. I can't get it. 
but uh, you know how Google will, will customize their home page? Yes. Uh, so today was, uh, and, oh God, this is killing me because I can't get her name. Oh, here we go. Uh, and today was the birthday of uh, Jackie Orms, who was like the first uh, African-American cartoonist. So I'm wondering um, if this, if maybe there was a little bit of, of, of this real woman in the creation of, of D, right? As this. Uh, so is Jackie. Oh, a woman, a woman, Jackie Ohms, a woman. Yes. Now, and okay. she was, a, uh, she, and she did comic strips, so, not comic books, but. Okay. Yeah. Um. And so she was the first African American woman. I just thought it was odd that we we're recording the podcast on today, you know, because we have B, who's a young black girl cartoonist. Gotcha. I I, I missed that because I, I always use Bing or in Yahoo, and I barely use Google. Don't ask me why. Yeah, well, we you, we still have an AOL account, so the Yahoo makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> I, I do for dark discussions. Yeah, it, it yes. uh, doesn't allow. It allows me to open up my other emails. So because I have an email for like pretty much every thing, but I never had one for AOL at that point. So I said, oh, I'll just open it up so I won't have to log out of Yahoo and Google and Microsoft. And also, uh, AOL, to be honest, is the best anti-spam email out of the bunch. It's really good. It, it it spams out. It gets rid of all the spam. It's it's easily my best account for anti-spam. While like my other ones, I just loaded with crap and it's terrible. Don't ask me why. Um, all right. So uh, anything else anybody want to bring up? Anything? Just just a very quick, very quick one is like when the woman came in with the goat, you know, and. Unfortunately, oh, but the thing is, it, it, the thing that made me laugh was what was uh, Atticus and Letitia just kind of looking at each other. They're kind of like, "Okay, are you sure this is a good idea?" Type of look. I, I have to admit, I like their response to that whole thing. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was kind of bizarre in the sense that that um, it was trying to make the neighbors look bigoted when in fact, I think any neighbor, even in the 1950s would have, would have said, and you're not in a farm in a rural part of the world, uh, you're, you're killing animals on. It's just, yeah, well, you, you also know. have to admit, I, I mean, you also have to remember that, you know, during the 1950s, you know, as, as off, you know, as, bigoted as people were, you know, and as terrible as that is, a lot of the, I mean, most of America was still in some way or another a Christian. So when you have in a, in a neighborhood, because they even said at the beginning, and this is also what they said in the book, is when they moved in, they did it on a Sunday morning while everybody was at church. So right. that no one could really find out what happened until they were back home from service. So, I'll, you know, so... You got. You have. You know. Even though I, I can give you a very good argument that the Bible argues that um, that bigotry is a sin. You know, and Jesus spoke out against it. But I mean, all that aside, the the, the fact is is that you have a, a neighborhood of, pri- of probably everybody of church going, and then all of a sudden you've got this woman from a different belief from what they would see as witchcraft, as a cult, which pretty much it is, 
uh, slaughtering a goat on their front doorstep or on their on their front porch. Um, yeah, I'm sure that would freak them out a bit. Um, I will say it's also an interesting contrast, right? Because you know the last episode we saw magic in the hands of white folk. And here we have a uh, a black woman with a different type of magic. Yep. Um, so there's a line that Tick says. Like, what are we supposed to say? We're supposed to tell him that that the uh, that white folks have magic too. And I'm just not sure. Like, and like on hindsight, I was like, wait, when he says we have white folks have magic too, does he mean they have they have magic on top of all the other advantages that white people have? Or that white people have magic like we do. And maybe it could be read both ways. Um, but so you have white magic, literally white magic and black magic, in, in not in the, the, the traditional context. So I thought that was right. interesting. Yeah, like, like the one from last week, the, the quote-unquote white folk, uh, that was like cult and the cult magic, or I don't know what the term would be. And then the basic Lovecraftian cults that you see in, in like some of his, his stories and then this was more like hoodoo or something of that nature i would think right yeah um and we should also point out uh which alluded to earlier that it's dropped very fast it was like how did you find this woman or how did you find and she said well you know mama was uh, a con artist or something like that but she she did her homework so right, right. You, i so you get the sense that mom was probably you know like a fortune teller or a palm reader or something like that um, right. and she was a hustler. Uh, right. so, but I mean, it, again, it's very quick blink and you miss it. I don't know how you blink with your ears, but you could do that. <laughs> um, so again, a little bit of, of interesting, again, they're, they're seeding this information in there a little bit at a time, but because they're not focusing on it, I don't know how well it's sticking in, in the audience's head as to who these characters are. Sure. Sure. Yep. Yep. Now the final scene we haven't really talked about was the the before we see the tunnel when Tick goes to see uh, Christina he sees her moving into that office area. Oh right, yeah, across the sh across yeah. the street when he's standing across the street. Yeah, so Christina, the daughter of the the cult from last week, who in the book is a is a man, right? Going so they 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 have her character appear in Chicago again. And this is, you know, she gives the information that actually it was us that gave the money, not the mother, to buy the house uh, and various things like that. Um, so obviously that's setting up her character to continue. And, and it makes sense because Abby Lee uh, is in the, the main credits, both uh, on Wiki and and on, on the, the show credits too. So her car, but again, they did that with George and they killed George off. So who knows? Um, so I was assuming her, she was going to play a, a major role. Um, and the question is, is she going to be a villain or, or not? I don't know. She definitely has some power because she's able to stop him completely from shooting her. Well, yeah, yeah she's coming off. She's coming. I mean, like her, well, like her male equivalent. You don't know. I mean, right now she is coming off like a villain. Like I am using you to do my bidding. 
I mean, that's that's the message I got at the end of the at the end of the show that, you know, I'm you know, I'm using you to do this for me. Um, so. Uh, and the thing is, she's pretty much like, we'll be in touch. So it's essentially Atticus is becoming her unwilling servant. Um, and that's. So you don't know, though, I mean, you don't know if she is going to end up still being a real bad person or um, or not. I really don't know if she if she still ends up becoming a bad person, because right now it's she's not like the evil bad guy. But at the same time, she's not exactly an ally either. Yeah, I kind of honestly, you know, I, I, I wasn't a fan of this scene because it seemed so out of character for tick to not necessarily to yeah, confront her, but to pull out a gun attempt to kill her. Yeah. Yeah. To attempt to kill her. Yeah. And, attempt, and that makes no sense. Yeah. And what's the point of trying, of pulling out a gun to try to kill her while saying, you know, leave my sister alone because if she's dead, right. you don't have to give that warning. And there was a, um, another witness there too. Right, so it just it felt really, really out of character for him, and it felt like they were forcing him to do that so they could just kind of end on a dramatic scene. Um, and so just to me, it felt that whole scene kind of felt weird. Um, yeah, it it didn't feel at all like the Atticus that we we've seen in the first two episodes and the re- and the remainder of this episode here he, he i mean unless they're trying to say that he does have a dark side to him where he would pull a gun and shoot somebody in cold blood or not you know you know but it didn't it hasn't fit into the character so far so it felt out of they've only right. alluded to what happened in overseas so you get something happened maybe that has something to do with that part of his personality but we just don't know enough Right. Yeah, it just it just it just felt like a weird. And again, I think if they had seeded some of this stuff earlier on, um, had you know with witchy woman, if they had moved her up a little bit more in the story, it it, it would have flowed a little better. It would have worked a little better for me. Um, but you know, I don't want to go keep going back to belabor that point. Now, uh, let me ask you this, Kevin. Uh, does the scene happen in the book? No, okay, no. So Atticus, like I said, uh, Atticus confronts the realtor, who is not a black man. Uh, it's a white guy. Uh, Atticus confronts him and figures out that something shady was going on, and that's about it. You know, and so. He, I mean, Atticus does figure out that this house was sold to them by somebody from the Wainthrop family. You know, I mean, I, um, I, I mean, Atticus figures out that the Wainthrops, you know, pretty much presented this house that, um, sorry, Atticus figures out that they that the the realtor presented this house in such a way that it was like a deal too good to be true. And that's about the extent of it. We don't see the son 
you know, in the book, we don't see the sun uh, until later. Gotcha. All right. So, so uh, this episode, if you will. Gotcha. All right. So uh, not including the Chaz Chadwick Bozeman uh, stuff that we discussed earlier. Uh, we've been recording for about an hour and 52 minutes or so. Uh, anything else that anybody wanted to bring up? All right, so uh, let's, let's give our final thoughts um, and what we think, what's going on uh, for next week um, and uh, whatnot. So uh, I guess we can start with uh, you, Barrett. Uh, your final thoughts on this one and A History of Violence, which will be the name of the next week's episode, no relationship to the David Cronenberg film. Uh, what What is your uh, thoughts uh, final thoughts on Holy Ghost and what may happen next week. So for Holy Ghost, um, I generally like the episode. I, I still think there's some flaws in um, editing and perhaps the um, screenplay, but I like I like the actors. The actors are fun to watch in these. Um, thought this episode was better than the last one and about equal to the first one, maybe a little bit less. Um, so I enjoyed it. Uh, it's not my favorite show at the moment. Um, maybe it'll get better as the season progresses. And I actually did not pay attention when the, the trailer for next week's came on. So I did not get any sense of what's going to happen in the next episode. Right, I have good. no idea because of the episodic okay. nature and the serial nature. All right. Very good. Um, yeah, for me, um, yeah, I'm now actually kind of after discussing more and more about the episode, I'm kind of leaning more with Mike and his, his thoughts, but so he'll give us both his thoughts, uh, and my own will, will basically be his. So when he speaks, he'll be speaking for me. Um, uh, for next week, yeah, I didn't see the trailer yet either. And based off of exactly what Barrett said, the exact words I was going to say, since this is becoming an episodic uh, story rather than a serial, um, I'm, I'm, I have no idea what next week will be about and where they'll go. Uh, Mike? Yeah, I found this, honestly, the probably the least satisfying episode. I still think there are things that are well done in it that I was able to enjoy. Um, I still like the characters a great deal. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of them. I like the actors who are playing them. I just feel like they, they're having issues with working out their stories. Um, and I also understand that some shows that takes time to do. Uh, so for me, this has been the two steps down over three weeks, you know, and I'm, I, I'm still rooting for the show. I would love to see a bounce back next week. And really the biggest thing for me, I could have forgiven a whole lot of things if the ghosts had worked for me at all. I just didn't find them remotely scary. And a lot of that had to do with, uh, I think, poor handling of the effects. All right. Sounds good. And as I said, Mike basically spoke for me as well. Um, and let's go with you, Kevin. Kevin? Um, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I had to get it off mute. I, um, I enjoyed this one a little bit more than the last couple than uh well i think i enjoyed this one the best out of the three so far mostly because i i like a good ghost story i guess um i think we talked it to death um to our listeners sorry we talked too much about uh, the whole money object uh whole money subject uh but other than that uh 
for next week, you know, I did see the preview. Um, I think that it looks like the, at least Atticus and Letitia, uh, probably Montrose are, I think they're, they've, they're going to find the big, the tunnel underneath and hilarity ensues. I don't know. Yeah. I think a big thing is that tunnel does go right. It's not like a little sub basement. It goes off in quite a distance. Right. And I, right. Think, I think that's going to lead us somewhere new. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I, I was wondering if they just were showing it to, you know, be spooky or if it is actually a plot point for a future episode. No, I think it's, it's a plot point for the next episode or yeah, I think it's a plot point for the next episode. Gotcha. All right. So sounds good. So uh, once again, this was uh, the Holy ghost. Um, and uh, next week, a history of violence, uh, new director next week, same uh, writer, uh, co-writer. Uh, but we'll discuss all of that stuff next week. So uh, keep following us on uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, but also darkdiscussions.com. And with all that stated, Mike, why don't you do this up? Well, thank you once again for listening to the Travel Guide to Lovecraft Country, part of the Dark Discussions Podcast Network. Uh, you can please send us an email to darkdiscussions at AOL. Dot com that aforementioned AOL address uh, or you can drop in on the Facebook page uh, dark discussions Facebook group and talk about us there uh, or talk with us there or you can talk about us that's fine uh, can uh, you visit the dark discussions website with the revised revamped um, and if you have any interest we have now about what 783 other podcasts that are joining us shortly that uh, you might want to try out if uh you know and see if you find one that is to your liking oh cinnamon where you gonna run to cinnamon where you gonna run to cinnamon where you gonna run to on that day i run to the rock seat high